the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As we focus in on the Hall of Faith in the book of Hebrews, we notice that it is marked with obedience. Today, we'll see it's also marked with choices. Join us. From Valley Bible Church, right here in Hercules, hi there and welcome. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time returns us to Hebrews chapter 11. We're looking at verses 23 through 28, and we're looking at the life of Moses. Now, obviously, Moses was a man of great faith, and we see that through his obedience, but there are also choices involved in his life. So let's take a look at what it means to choose wisely. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast now, Truth For Today. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. What is he doing in Hebrews 11? He's going through a litany of Old Testament characters and telling us how people who live by faith, how they behave. Listen to this verse in chapter 10, verse 38. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. To shrink back is to be destroyed. But we are of those who have faith and preserve their souls. There are people of faith and people of unbelief. People who believe God and make their choices on that and people that God is not in their mind on anything they choose. You can't get through life without choices. You can't get through life without choices. And I'm just amazed at what you can choose to do by the time you're 21. When I grew up, most of the people I knew were married by 21. Today they hold off a long time. They just move in together. Why get married? Okay, well, I grew up when, well, you ought to get married. If you get the girl pregnant, you ought to marry her. 
that doesn't go today. So I grew up that probably three of life's greatest decisions were made before you were 21. Most people chose before they were 21. At one time, they chose whether they were going to take Jesus Christ as their Savior or not. Most people are saved as children, very young. Carolyn used to always say, the majority of our budget ought to go to the children's ministry. That's when she was over children's ministry. Because she said, that's where the most are saved. You pour all this money on adults, and fewer adults come to Christ than kids. It's just the statistics are that way. Uh, But besides that, uh, let's say, choose God, not. Two, choose to be married or not. And most people, uh, and I'm talking about when I grew up, uh, usually made the decision to marry by the time they were 21. And a lot of times, not very good at choosing. They didn't know how to choose. Uh, And didn't last long. Third thing is they choose their vocation for life. And let me ask you, how many 19-year-olds know what they ought to do for life? I grew up, you graduate from high school on Friday, and you get a job on Monday. Anybody know about that? Yeah, different day. You don't just lay around and, I'm trying to find myself. Well, until you find yourself, get a job. I'm trying to know what my meaning and purpose. Until you do that, take out the garbage, mow the lawn, and get your booty in gear. Anybody grow up that way? Oh, man, I'm talking to the senior service right here. <laughs> Young people say, get off my case. Uh, we didn't hang out at Starbucks. We just didn't. And we didn't know what lattes were. Uh, it was just make it. But I want to give I will quote from Robert Frost's famous, famous poem. And I'm going to just take the last stanza. That is the famous part of it. I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. And so here's this picture in Frost, the road not taken. He sees himself at a point in his life, and he, as the poet puts it in the woods, and he describes in the poem, he saw two different paths. They seem to be equally worn, and, and he has to make a choice. And he happened to look over at this one that didn't look worn. It, it looked uh, untraveled, and, and he wrestles I'm going to take that one. And we see in the life of Moses, first of all, the choices his parents made concerning this beautiful baby God gave them. Something in the narrative says that from the beginning, the parents felt there was something beautiful, something destined about this baby. When you read the sermon of Stephen on Moses in Acts 7, He says that God saw him as something special. And the parents think of this. What would you do? When the king of Egypt has declared Hebrew genocide, kill off every male child that is born, eliminate them, 
If you keep them, you risk being killed by the Pharaoh. Because the Jewish population is growing too quick. We can't handle it. We feel threatened by them. Kill the boys, kill the boys. So, mom and dad have this baby boy. Now, they'd already had Aaron. They'd had Miriam. And here comes Moses. And they had to make a choice. And guess what they did? For three months, they hid this baby. And there is a tradition that says that the Egyptians went from house to house to Jewish homes, and they would pinch their own baby. They would take an infant, pinch that baby, and make the baby cry. Because they say a crying baby makes other babies cry. They did whatever they could to ferret out Hebrew children being hid. And in the midst of this, after three months, I mean, imagine this. Let's take a basket. Let's put tar and pitch on it inside and out. And let's go down to the Nile River. I've seen the Nile River. It is wide. Crocodiles are still there. The cobra's there. I mean, imagine you as a mother that already knows I've got a beautiful child, God, just put in my arms, and me go out here and say, with a dad, in the narrative, it doesn't mention, but dad was involved in the Septuagint. It includes the father. That they go down there and just imagine, we've already risked our lives for three months. Now, Moses, we commit you to the Nile and to God. They made a choice. They made a choice to trust God with their baby. They made a choice to go against the law of the land to obey God. It's a good question to ask ourselves. When is it right to disobey government? Is it ever right to disobey government? You remember what Peter said when they were threatened with being in prison in Acts 5? It's better to please God than man. We will please God. I, I don't know, are you under the higher legislation of heaven? You've got to abort this child. No, I don't. You've got to do what we say because we make infallible rules in D.C. And whatever the Pharaoh says, do it. No, you need to get enough gumption. Are you more a Christian than an American? Now, they're not synonymous. Uh, well, that's hard on you flag lovers. Don't tell me about World War II. I was born during it. Had plenty of family in it. Her father was at Iwo Jima. But America isn't equal to Christian. Right. No, it is not. We've just been privileged to have so many religious liberties all these years. But do you bow to whose authority if everything is jeopardized? I think of this, I, I don't, I'm not raising children anymore. I'm, I'm working on grandchildren. But don't throw your kids away to the pagan school district. Show up at PTA. Show up and speak up. And don't be passive parents in a wicked culture. Fight by the faith in God, fight for your children. Do you have any time for them? Or does iPads 
and TV and Disney World who gives a wonderful godly worldview. Tape, sarcasm intended. They, by faith, chose to trust this baby, beautiful boy, to the waters of the Nile and saying, we have risked ourselves for three months. It seems it will be impossible to protect this baby any longer. I I can't imagine the words between uh, husband and wife at that river. By faith, they committed him to the river and to God. Then we pick up the life of Moses himself. And what kind of choices does he make by faith? Let me uh, say this. If you do anything that's not of faith, it is sin. Romans 14, 23. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And the idea is anything you choose in life, if God is not in the mix, if God is not the determining influence, his word, what he says, do you consider his word in all your choices? That's the idea. Are you exercising? I will do it God's way. If you don't, you've automatically sinned. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, you cannot please God. If you will not believe him, if you will not trust his word, uh, he said, you can never win God's favor. You can give a million dollars in the offering today, and we would cash it. But you wouldn't please God. And you couldn't go to heaven based on your gift. God is calling every one of us, trust me above all others. And so we see in the life of Moses, three periods of his life, 40 years in Egypt, 40 years with a bunch of bleeding sheep, and 40 years with a bunch of complaining Jews. Which one would you choose? Three periods of his life. The treasures of Egypt, the loneliness of the Midian Desert, and 40 years leading people that were not very grateful for his leadership. But he was there. Listen to what he did. Faith, first of all, chooses what to refuse. Proverbs says that if you love the truth, you will hate evil. Some people, you get the feeling, I love the truth, but I'm neutral about evil. To love one is to hate the other. Jesus said, if you don't prefer me above all others, if you don't hate mother, father, brother, and sister, and it's a comparative, if all other loves are not compared to nearly hate, I must be be the supreme affection of your life and your choices. All other loves would seem like hate, for he is the ultimate word in my life. And what does it say that Moses did when he came of age? He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. It's the first thing he did. He, uh, he chose to give up the privileges of Egypt. Josephus, a uh, Jewish tradition, says he was educated in the courts of Pharaoh by the daughter. It's believed that this daughter uh, was the only child of the Pharaoh at this time. So Moses stood in line to be a princess, to be an heir. But, At about the age of 40, he made a choice, and his choice was what he refused. I refuse the privilege, the power, and the position that Egypt 
affords me. Then in verse 25, it says that he refused the pleasures, the fleeting pleasures of sin. I sure wish we could make sin look terrible and not so good. But I'm telling you, it looks so good. Why in the world does sin attract so many people? Why did it attract you? It's in our nature. It's in our human nature. Until we come to Christ, we have a human nature that has an appetite for what sin puts on the menu. Whatever that is. Lust, money, power, fun. And and yet you're amazed at what a little sin, a little sin can go a long ways. Let's talk about 21 years of age again. Move it up if you want. Let's, Let's make it what you did by the time you were 30. One night, one night of fun could have left you pregnant. One night got you hooked on a drug that you've been trying to fight ever since. One night you lost a buddy on a uh, chicken daredevil trip. One night my girlfriend was killed while I drove the car drunk. One night I did it and all the time we were having fun. We were having a great time. Just one night. One time. I had a friend tell me when he got hooked on heroin, he said, I had one hit and became addicted from then on. He said, it was the greatest thing I'd ever experienced, and I had an appetite that I couldn't control. Sin, it looked so good. And even the people of God in Scripture would envy the wicked who were having a good time. They would see them doing so well. If you read the 21st chapter of Job, he's describing, man, they're doing good. There seems to be no pain in their death. Their children inherit well. Uh, All is well. Everything is great. It is just wonderful. And the psalmist said in Psalm 73, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, I nearly gave up faith in God. They're doing great. That, look what they've got without God. Look at Howard Hughes, if you ever read his life. All the wealth, wealth, wealth. And yet, the last 10 years of his life, one of the loneliest men, one of the men so uh, gripped by phobias that he would uh, rent suites and he would put up tents and didn't want to catch any germs. And uh, he was one of the loneliest men that ever lived. And yet he was over millions of dollars. But it looked so good. You read these stars. And if you read People magazine to keep your spiritual life up and things like, you know, when, when you see all these celebrities and you get behind the scene, they're divorcing this, they're breaking up here, they're this, they're, it, it just all, oh, but it looks so good going in. Someone said the devil always keeps his apples polished. Yeah, but you don't know there's poison in it. I just want a bite. Just a bite. I just want to taste it. Uh, don't you want to do this, son? Don't do this, Dad. I want to do it for myself. Oh no, you don't. 
You can only commit suicide once. You don't come back. And here Moses had the ability to look at sin in some way. He said, it's passing. It's passing. Let me tell you, I've been in Egypt. I hadn't seen anything in there worth staying about. I've been to the pyramids. I think, this is the best you got? And desert fleas, heat, cold at night. And to go to the museum there in Cairo and see all these mummies and all these people that had the best Egypt could afford. And Moses says, I give up Egypt's best. I will not be her emperor. I will not be her prime minister. And I refuse the passing pleasures of sin. And then he said he gave up the treasure chest of Egypt. He gave them up. He made a choice about what he refused. But now, let me tell you the things he chose. I have, uh, let's see, I got five of them. First, he chose to suffer with the people of God. Verse 25, I'd rather suffer with the people of God than to be the prime minister of Egypt. Faith enables you to do that. Because on an earthly level, we want the tangible. We want the good life. Uh, we want advantage, education, materialism. I mean, that's just human. That's just human. But he's describing what faith choices look like. If you ever read the life of William Borden, inherited a huge inheritance. But in his early 20s, William Borden was converted. And guess what he got a burden for? He got a burden for the people of Egypt. He got rid of most of his fortune. And he goes down to Egypt and dies within three months from malaria. What a fool, what a fool, what a fool. Nate Saint, Jim Elliott, three other men, 1950s, cover of Time magazine. Then it was Life magazine. Said, we think there's a bunch of savages down in Ecuador that are going to hell. And we've gone to Moody Bible College, and one of them became an aviator. We think we will risk our life to go reach these people because we think a man's eternal destiny is worth expending ourselves for. Go down there, and they flew their mission daily. They finally found a place in the river. They dropped gifts. They tried to build. They thought they'd build some relationship with the headhunters in that area by dropping them utensils and things they could use. And finally, they land on the river, and they go out. And one of the men, they panicked, and they shot their arrows in them, and five bodies wind up in the river. And one of them wrote before he ever went there, when he was in Wheaton as a student, Jim Elliott wrote, it, it won't be a fool who gives up what he can't keep, his life, because what's a life? You're going to die anyway. The issue is, what will you die doing? 
And that will conclude our time today here on Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. As we close out our broadcast, we would invite you to join us for worship here at Valley Bible Church, and we would also invite you to stop by our website and take advantage of added resource materials we've made available through this ministry. You see, as we come to you on a daily basis, it's our hope and desire that you grow in Christ, that you find yourself sustained by His grace through the teaching and preaching of His Word. Along those lines, we've created Truth For Today Radio, which is a website that contains a lot of other extracurricular resource materials that you can add to your relationship with Christ as you seek to grow in Him. We also have information about who we are, what we believe, and worship opportunities at Valley Bible Church, where this broadcast originates, here in Hercules. We have directions, we have service times, all of it. It's available at truthfortodayradio.org. If you would like to contact us by phone, you're welcome to do so at 855-833-9864. Again, that's 855-833-9864. As always, you're welcome to write to us. The address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. We would also ask you to prayerfully consider partnering with us, not just prayerfully, but financially as well, as this broadcast and the many resource materials available along with it are available as you link arms with us financially and prayerfully. Our goal and desire is to minister to the greater Bay Area, and we can do that more and more as you link arms with us, again, financially and prayerfully. No gift is too small, no gift is too large. And whether it's a one-time gift or monthly gift, it's all appreciated, and your prayers even more so. Reach us at truthfortodayradio.org or call 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.